It's time for the Hokie Hour on the Tim Donnelly Show on the WRAD Talk Network. Now from the Mockadoo Studio, here's Tim Donnelly. Tim Donnelly Show continuing, as you just heard, inside the Mockadoo Studio. Guests and callers join us on the Baker Team Hotline, 540-639-4900. For the Baker Team Hotline, once again, 540 639 4900. Producer Lobro joins me here inside the studio. And also, it's time to get you covered. That means any conversation that's going to pop up at the water cooler, uh, at a happy hour, at the kids' games, at a PTA meeting, at the, the cubicles, whatever it is. If there's a sports conversation, I want you to be prepared with a couple nuggets that you can toss into the conversation. That's why we get you covered. No one has time to catch all the games. Don't worry. Tim will get you covered. The biggest and baddest and scariest and most entertaining weekend of the NFL season is complete. And uh, we now have our conference championship set. Uh, You may not have been able to sit down and watch eight hours of, of NFL football, both Saturday and Sunday. So I did it for you. I took one for the team and I have talking points for you as well. The Niners beat the Vikings 27-10 to solidify the Niners as a Super Bowl contender. While everyone else wants to say, oh, the Niners, they bottled up uh, Dalvin Cook. The, the Vikings couldn't get their run started. That's why they lost. No, 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 no. The reason you pay $84 million guaranteed to Kirk Cousins is so in that game, when the running game is bottled up, he's supposed to come forward and make the play, and he couldn't do that. Dalvin Cook goes nine carries, 18 yards, but it was Kirk. Kirk Cousins is the one that should take the brunt of the blame. Titans at Ravens, uh, and the Titans come away with another Victory, 28-12. They've now beaten the Patriots on the road, and then they've beaten the Ravens, the number one seed, on the road. I have to stand corrected, and you just got to own this one because, because you couldn't see it coming. The Titans and Ryan Tannehill used the last five years to subvert your expectations. The Titans have stunk for a half a decade. Ryan Tannehill has stunk for half a decade. So, of course, right here, uh, whatever it was, week seven when Ryan Tannehill took over, both of them decided they were going to be different players, different teams, and it's crazy. Uh, You just got to own that one and say, ha, I didn't see it coming. Texans, Chiefs. Texans jump out to a 24 to nothing lead. You should never, ever, ever, in Everest ever lose when you have a 24 to nothing lead. You should never, ever, ever, in even more Everest ever lose by 20 when you started the game with a 24 to nothing lead. But that's exactly what the Texans did. 51-31 victory for the Chiefs. Yes, Mahomes is an alien. Yes, Kelsey's a beast. Yes, Andy Reid is a great play caller, but Bill O'Brien should have his job questioned based on how he handled that game. 24-0, your players put you in that situation. Your coaching decisions should be able to buoy you to a win with absolutely no drama. And lastly, the Packers hold on to beat the Seahawks 28-23. And let this be a lesson to you. Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, the two leading candidates for the MVP, both not playing for a conference championship. It's almost like if you depend enough on one person for them to be important enough to win the MVP or be in the running, 
That doesn't bode well towards team success. It's better to be more balanced than it is to depend on uh, Russell Wilson the way that the Seahawks did because that was a very, very simple path towards the Packers bottling him up. Give Aaron Rodgers credit. He's older than everyone else and still doing it. Virginia Tech fans, listen up here. Your Virginia Tech Hokies basketball, led by Mike Young and redshirt freshman Landers Nolly. Landers Nolly. They're 3-2 and two in the ACC, coming off a double-digit victory over North Carolina State. Nolly goes for 29-7. Tyrese Radford goes for 18-9. They get 10 off the bench from Jalen Cohn. I've established my if-then stat, and I'm passing this along to you. You can use this in conversations, and you don't even have to cite me in a bibliography. Uh, you don't even have to give me credit. The if-then for the Hokies is if... They get three different players in double-digit scoring. Then they will beat anyone in the country. If they get three different players to score at least 10, then they can beat everyone from the top of the top to the bottom of the bottom. It is that simple. And this past weekend against North Carolina State, Landers Nolly, Tyrese Radford, Jalen Cohn, fulfill that promise. They get the, the double digits, three of them, they end up on top. Lastly, for the Hokies, Dalton Keene announced he is going pro since the last time we spoke. How about this, everybody? Fans of Hokies, you want your kids to go pro. You want them to go pro and to be draft picks and to be pro bowlers and to be starters because you can point to them as success of the program. And it's nice because the tight end room is already stacked, so, so you, you can genuinely say, Dalton Keene, good luck without worrying about what are we going to do with tight end? You have James Mitchell. You have Nick Gallo. You have some talented players behind them. Let them eat. And everybody, tonight, Clemson's taking on LSU in the national championship game. I hate to say this, but I kind of agree with Dabo Sweeney. Clemson's being overlooked. That's got you covered to start off Hokie Hour here on the Tim Donnelly Show. Let's talk Hokies now in Hokie Hour. And more importantly, let's talk Hokie Basketball, 3-2 and two in the ACC. Landers Nolly, 29.7 rebounds. But I want to talk about Tyrese Radford. What if I, what, one of the keys that I've been making, right? Actually, we'll start with my if-then statement. Um, I like to look for if-then stats, right? And, and I talk about this on the, the 105.3, the Bear uh, tailgate show for both football and basketball. I like to find if-then stats. What I mean by that is if Blank, blank happens, then blank, blank happens. Uh, for the Hokies, if they have three players in double digits, three players scoring at least 10 points, then I believe they're, they're playing at, at a, a high level. They're, they're optimizing their talent, right? It can't just be Landers Nolly. They need to have three players scoring in double figures, which fully unlocks Landers Nolly, while also, uh, you know, obviously points are good. But there's, there's one other thing that we've been highlighting about this basketball team week in and week out. And, and I've been using a, a, a strange metaphor, a strange analogy, actually, that I believe actually fits it perfectly. And it's Brad Pitt. Once upon a time in Hollywood, the movie starring Leonardo DiCaprio at the Golden Globe Awards, which is not where you normally go for a recurring analogy on a sports talk radio show. At the Golden Globe Awards, Brad Pitt won Best Supporting Actor, which is why that movie is so darn good. 
think it actually won Best Picture too. I think at the Golden Globes. Maybe I have no idea. But I'll, I, here's here's how I'll put it. Oh yeah, it did. When I watch a movie, or at least if if I'm if I'm you know let's say it's it's three o'clock in the afternoon, no sports are on, I don't need a nap, and I'm just looking for for a way to kill two hours until five o'clock, and I'm looking for a movie. I would rather pick a movie that won the best supporting actor or actress than I would a movie that won best actor or actress. Because it shows there's depth, I guess, in the Be- film? Because, yeah, because you, like, um, uh, let, me, let me think of a good example. Um, you could have a movie where someone wins best actor or actress, and it's just one unbelievable performance by one person in an overall mediocre movie. But couldn't you argue that as well if, the, if it's just the best supporting actor? No, because then the best supporting actor would be the lead actor. There had to be someone else doing more heavy lifting than them for them to win Best Supporting Actor or Actress. I know, but couldn't you say that, that like they were the best actor in the movie if it, they won Best Supporting Actor? But they were willing to support is what I'm getting <laughs> at. The, the Hokies are, are a team that when they have Brad Pitt, when they have a supporting actor that stands out and shines, and you might even say in that one game was the best actor, like you just said, when they have that, their team is is night and day better. And if you look at Syracuse, the, the game against Syracuse on the road where they came back in the second half and played some of their best basketball in the second half, Jalen Cohn was Brad Pitt, right? 16 points in the second half, two four-point plays, five made threes, uh, dynamic off the bench, had three points at halftime, finished with 19 points in the game. Jalen Cohn was the best supporting actor. If you look at Virginia Tech against North Carolina State at home this Saturday, Tyrese Radford at six feet one inches tall, 18 points, nine rebounds, he was Brad Pitt. He's solving a big man problem that the Hokies have. The Hokies are an undersized team. So one way to to defeat that is to play above your size. Tyrese Radford is six feet, one inches tall, and he rebounded the ball nine times. That's one way to fight their big man problem. That's one way for him to be Brad Pitt. The Hokies need a supporting actor, and it is the perfect metaphor for this team. On games where Landers Nolly is the only one working, on games where Landers Nolly is the only one whose game is working, whose scoring is working, whose stats are being compiled, they're going to have a tough time putting together a performance that will impress me. But if Landers Nolly is the main character and he's being supported by an award winner, and it doesn't matter who it is, could be Cone, could be Beatty, could be Horn, could be Radford, could be Aline, could be Couture. Right? There's a, a whole, it could be Ojiako. I don't care who it is. But, but if they step up and turn in a performance that alleviates some of the pressure from Nolly, like Tyrese Radford did on Saturday, you're not just going to squeak by some some of these teams in the ACC. You will win by 14 like they did on Saturday and have it feel even bigger than that. Have the the, the difference in talent feel even bigger than that. So that's how they won on Saturday. How are they doing this on a team level? I'll tell you what. It's two words. One name. Mike Young. Next.
The best sports talk in the NRV returns next. The Tim Donnelly Show is on WRAD. Welcome back. Tim Donnelly Show. Talk of the New River Valley. You know what I'm really, really, really happy about? You know how some sometimes in life you hear stories, you're watching like an e-true Hollywood story about a super billionaire, and, and you realize like their entire uh, wealth, their entire empire goes back to a decision they made when they were, you know, just at the beginning. I was, I was watching a uh, YouTube show with, with Mark Cuban, mm-hmm. and literally he's now worth $4 billion, owns the Mavericks, uh, you know, Shark Tank does does all this kind of stuff, right? Yeah. And and he started his first business for eight thousand dollars because he was an Indiana basketball fan and he wanted to be able to watch Indiana basketball in Texas. So he started the very first internet streaming company for video, so he could watch Indiana basketball in Texas. Wow. Eight grand. He's now worth, I think it's like $4.7 billion. Nice return on investment there. Right? I feel like that when it comes to Mike Young. At first, I was skeptic, right? At first, I was, hey, you know, he's from Wofford. I know he can coach on the floor. His X's and O's. He'll handle timeouts correctly. His baseline inbounds will be taken care of. But how can this guy recruit in the ACC? And then Jalen Cohn happened. And, and the moment Jalen Cohn signed, I, I tapped on the driver's side door of the Mike Young bandwagon, and I said, get out. I'm driving this bad boy. <laughs> I'm commandeering this. I'm, I'm, this, is, this is now mine. And, and I am so happy I was one of the first early adopters of Mike Young. Granted, not the very first. There were people that loved the hiring from the very beginning, and I don't pretend to be those people. But I, I am so happy I was one of the first converts. The fort was cool. To, it was a, I, we still had plenty of room on the bandwagon at that point. You know, we each got two cup holders. Now, I mean, it's, it's, we Everybody's got, holding their own everyone's drink. double, double buckled. People are sitting on laps. We got people strapped into the car top carrier. We got people in the trailer coming behind us. We, we are, it is packed. And I'm so happy that I was there because if you would have told me during this off season that the Hokies won three ACC games all year, I would not have crushed them. I would have said, well, Mike Young's laying the foundation. He has a good recruiting class uh, upcoming, coming in next year. They're very young. They don't have height, this, that, and the third. And I would have been okay with it. If you would have told me they were going to win three of their first five Atlantic Coast Conference games, if you would have told me they were going to win two road and one home ACC games out of their first five conference games, I would have told you, um, do you want to buy the champagne or should I? Because we're celebrating. You know the little poppers that you buy on New Year's? I'll I'll get, what was that? I'll get the pews because we're celebrating. And the funny part is, if, if you look ahead, Wake Forest next, Syracuse after that, North Carolina, where the wheels have fallen off after that, Boston College after that, there's a lot of winnable games based on what the Hokies have done this far. These games aren't like winnable in the sense that if everything breaks their way and the other team, you know, maybe their star player comes down with a cold and and can't like it's not that kind of winnable. It's the kind of winnable that is like if the Hokies play well, it doesn't matter what the other team does. 
the Hokies will win. That's all Mike Young. Oh, they don't have any big men. Well, then Tyrese Radford's going to have to play more. Tyrese Radford? He's 6'1". How is that going to... The guy's a rebounding beast. Wait, wait, wait. You're starting Hunter Couture, Nahima Lean throughout the beginning of the season. Why not Jalen Cohn? He was a top 100 recruit. He was the crown jewel. He was the first domino to fall. Why isn't Jalen Cohn starting and these other guys coming off the bench? Oh, look. Jalen Cohn is the perfect spark off the bench with his unbelievable quickness and ability. Mike Young is quickly becoming one of those people that I will refuse to question. Right, there are players, there are coaches specifically like that in sports. If 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 Bill Belichick drafts a guy in the third round, and everyone else in the league had him as a sixth round pick, and Bill Belichick drafts him in the third, I am severely less likely to come out and say that's a terrible pick than I would be for any other coach. Mike Young is quickly becoming that way, wherein if he makes a basketball decision, even if it goes against what I believe is best for this team, I will be severely less likely to come out and say, what the heck is this guy doing? Because up to this point, the decisions that he has made have almost all panned out. Right? There's, um, you ever been to a, a, a horse racing track? Uh, no. Okay. Um, I go very occasionally, but I have some friends that go all the time. Yeah. And there are people that I have been with at the track enough that win enough that my betting strategy when I go to the track with them is to always be behind them in line at the ticket window and literally walk up and say, I'll have what he's having. Did he say the the three, the seven, and the and the nine? I'll take the three, the seven, and the nine, please. Right, My expertise is knowing when other people know more about something than I do. Mike Young, if, if we were at a basketball ticket window, I'd say, what did, what did, he, what did he choose? Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll take that as well. Right? If, you go, if you ever go to a restaurant with a chef, I make sure they order first because I'm ordering what they order. Because right? they can look at a menu, they can look at the place, they can look at the kitchen and know what they do well. So I'm looking at that same chef going, what did you get? I'll get that as well. I will have the creme brulee as well. <laughs> what, what side did he get? I will have that as well. What wine did he pair it with? I will have that as well. Give it all to me. What did Mike Young get? I will have that as well. Let's take a break. When we come back, time for Hashtag Hokies next. Tim Donnelly Show continuing. Talk of the New River Valley, WRAD, 101.7103.51460 AM. Guests and callers join us on the Baker Team Hotline, 540-639-4900. We are live inside the Mockadoo Studio on this Monday morning. As the sun is beginning to rise, it is time for one of our favorite segments of not only Hokie Hour, but the whole show. It is Hashtag Hokies. That was bad. Did, did you run out of breath? I, I I thought you were going on to the Hokies part, and it just, I don't know, man. It's Monday, man. We should be uh, on top of our stuff. You want to try it again? No. Uh, you get you one, one shot, shot. You get one shot at it per day. Actually, two, going into break and then coming out of break. And if, you, if, you, if you're unsatisfied, wait till tomorrow. I'll make up for it tomorrow. We'll trust be, me. We'll be doing it tomorrow on a Tuesday. Um, hashtag Hokies is real simple. We go deep into the underbelly of the internet. We find the conversations that we would like to have. We drag those Twitter 
those tweets, those threads, those gifs, those articles, whatever it is, and we drag them up here uh, and we have the conversations right on the Tim Donnelly Show. Bring the darkness to light. This one comes from at robot underscore VT Hmm. in response to an article that was written about Miami, uh, the U. At robot underscore VT says, big changes on the horizon for the U next year. No more turnover chain. Next year, it will be the hangover chain. Now, now for those of you that didn't read the article, uh, it was on 24-7 Sports, and the article essentially had sources inside the locker room that said things like, there are players on Miami that care more about partying than care about football. Uh, there was a leniency within the program uh, that was cultured by the coaching staff that allowed a, a party atmosphere to affect their play. There were rumors of players prior to the FIU game, prior to uh, the bowl game, going out and partying, breaking curfew, and still being allowed to play. Quarterbacks missing practice, still allowed to play on Saturday. There, w- there essentially was, according to uh, those in the, the, the meeting room, players, right, sources, if you will, there was a, a problem with Miami when it comes to partying. First of all, color me shocked. Wait, you're saying the team that prides themselves on being brash and cocky, that's also a short drive from South Beach, has fostered a party atmosphere? Why, I don't believe it. That is unbelievable. No, it's the most logical thing on the planet. The other thing I'll say is this. The anonymous player, the anonymous source, the anonymous person close to the situation is always a coward. If you want to be a leader, if you want to say something, if you want to fix something, put your name on it. Anonymous means what you're saying will never come back to you. Anonymous means you don't even really believe it. Because if you believed it, you put your name next to it. If you want to go public with it, go public with it, but don't say anonymous source. Say, who said that? Joe Schmo, number 94, defense, Miami. So the, the anonymous, the anonymity of it rubs me the wrong way. The other thing I'll say is this. There are players in every single college locker room that care more about partying than football. You may not believe this, but football players are going to college as well, right? Football players are doing the same thing everyone else is doing. They're away from mom and dad and and brother and coach and grandma, grandpa for the first time in their lives too, right? They don't have anyone checking in with them for the first time in their lives too. You know, it's not only the the English majors that have the right to throw a kegger. It's not only the science class that can do their homework, get it done by 8, and be at a party by 8.15. Yeah, I feel like athletes are the ones that are watched so much more closely by, like, media and things like that. Like, you never do hear about the, you know, Poindexter from biology class, like... <laughs> Taking a whole keg, you always hear about, you know. Exactly. Because, because they're, they're big fish, small pond, all those types of things. But I'll, I'll put it this way. I had a teammate when I was in college who 
is uh, is actually still in the NFL, so that limits it. Still in the NFL, and he didn't drink. He didn't have cable in his in his uh, uh, apartment because he didn't want it distracting him. He 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 just wanted to play football all day, and that's probably why he's in the NFL. But he would go to parties, like house parties, and he was the guy that was sitting at the picnic table out on the porch, looking inside and just saying, "Gosh, they're all dumb." They're all idiots. They're all stupid. Man, they're they're not going to get the best out of their workout tomorrow morning because they're they're drinking and they're partying. They're having a good time. And I can tell you right now, our team was not superfluous in our partying. I visited tons of friends, tons of former teammates, tons of family members, some in the ACC, some in the Big Ten that were playing, and we would go there, and their parties put ours to shame. But there was still a player on our team that was turning it down, that was looking at it going, ah, our team is partying too much. Now, he never went public with it, and someone from Miami did. But, but you know, I hate standing up for Miami. Normally, I would just get out of the way, close my eyes, and say, ah, do what you got to do. Make fun of them. But the day that... College kids are partying becomes news is a day that we probably need to stop throwing throwing rocks because we got some form of glass glass house ourselves. This is one of those things for Miami that is a a problem because they're losing, but would borderline be seen as a positive if they were winning. Right? When a team is winning, when they're say eleven and one, how does this get spun? Our players spend almost all their time together. They practice together. They, they watch film together. They play games together. And then all night they hang out, a.k.a. party, a.k.a. drink, a.k.a. Uh, have a kegger in a basement in a college town. Right? I mean, that's, what, that's how it gets spun when you're winning. Do you know how it gets spun when you're losing? Their lifestyle is taking away from their goals, and, and, and they have – uh, higher expectations for themselves than than anyone else, but but they're shooting themselves in the foot, and this player is upset with it. Get your get get the 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 pebble out of your shoe. Stop letting you being upset affect how you look at them. Now, will the coach? You know, there's a few things the coach has to change. I guess there was a common knowledge in the Miami program that your first failed drug test did not come with any uh, any punishment. You had to fail a second drug test before they, they started suspensions and punishing and, and runs and things like that. That's a problem because then every player knows they have one get-out-of-jail-free card and you'll try to, to avoid the test, but if you do get popped, it's no big deal. So, so you do have to change that. But, but, but you know the, the fact that college athletes uh, blow off steam, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? I'll tell you what we're doing here. We're getting ready to head to a commercial break, and when we come back, Dalton Keene, tight end stud, Thor, mustache to the stars, number 29 in your playbooks, is leaving Blacksburg and going pro. How will that affect the program going forward? I'll tell you right after this. Get your Hokies fixed with Tim. More of the Tim Donnelly Show next on WRAD. Welcome back. Tim Donnelly Show, talk of the New River Valley. It is 748 on this Monday morning, new week. Go ahead and make it work for you. Uh, I'll tell you who's making it it work for them. Dalton Keene. Now, 
surprising mix of reactions to Dalton Keene announcing that he is foregoing his his, uh, remaining eligibility with the Hokies to turn pro. Right there's there was a mixture of happy for you Dalton way to go go kill it all the way to why would you leave you need another year you're not ready what do you think it's glamorous to be a sixth round pick and I'll tell you I'll tell you a few things first of all if you are a Hokie fan which I, which I'm assuming most people that have an opinion on Dalton Keene leaving outside of the rest of the ACC being you know, pleased. <laughs> Outside of the rest of the ACC just going, good, finally, I'm having a hard time tackling that guy. If, if you have an opinion on Dalton Keene leaving, you're probably a Hokie fan. It is good for your players to be desired enough to leave Blacksburg and go pro. That means you're, you're recruiting high-level talents, you're developing them on campus, you're giving them opportunities to shine in games, and other people are respecting you. That's, I mean, name a negative in that. Name a negative in that. Now, the 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 pettiness in a person, right, which we all have. Uh, if you listen to the show, you know I don't shy away from my petty. Low bro can be petty. You, everyone, can be petty. As long as it's not the bad kind of petty. Exactly. And and so so the bad is, when you don't recruit efficiently, when you don't spread out your talent throughout the classes, when you don't have a stud ready to replace a stud, then it's harder for you to be genuinely excited for someone to move on. And that's true not just in, in college athletics. That's true in life, right? Like a job. Like a, like a job. If your best salesperson takes a job in management, you're probably not being happy for them, even though it's better for them in life, unless you have a really strong sales staff around them that can step into their role. College athletics is no different. Dalton Keene going pro, Virginia Tech can genuinely be happy about him chasing his dream and representing Virginia Tech at the next level because tight end is one of the positions where they have done their job over the years, right? You may look at Dalton Keene and say, he's a great blocker, good pass catcher, really good tight end screen guy, uh, can carry the ball out of the backfield, leader, right? And and if you were being petty, you would say, how are we going to replace all of that? He can't leave us. We need him. But if you're looking at the big picture, you can say, yeah, Dalton Keene's going to be missed. Good players always are. But look at his skill set and look at James Mitchell's skill set. What did James Mitchell do well this, this year? Run the ball of the backfield. What did James Mitchell do well this year? Pass block. What did James Mitchell do this year? Catch passes. Be good in the screen game. Be a better downfield threat. There's someone ready to step up into Dalton Keene's position, which allows Hokie fans to be genuinely happy for Keen. Genuinely happy, which is the key word there, genuinely, right? I would like to believe um, most Hokie fans, even if they were terrified of how much it would hurt the tight end position, at least publicly would say things like, I'm happy for Dalton, right? Their brain might be saying, 
this is really going to hurt. It's going to cost us a win or two. Uh, gosh, man, we, we really could have won the, uh, Atlantic, Co- uh, the, the Atlantic Coast Conference Coastal Division. Whew. A lot of C's in that one. We really could have won that if Dalton Keene stayed, man. What are we going to – like, even if that's your internal dialogue, ah, I hate that he's leaving. It's going to hurt us. It's going to make my fall worse. And then publicly, it's yeah, – I'm happy for him, man. At the same time, though, it's like you say, like, you know, Daryl Tapp and all them, when they're recruiting, they can be like, yeah, if Dalton Keene pans out, they can be like, hey, look what we produced here at Tech. Yes, that is is huge, right? You look at the Chiefs. Kendall Fuller's still playing in the NFL, right? He's still – there's four teams left. Kendall Fuller's still playing. Wow. Right? Virginia Tech can point to that and say successful. If next year, with four teams playing, Dalton Keene's still playing, you'll be pointing to him saying, look at the success. But but my point on a broader note is it's usually hard to see the bigger picture. But when you have someone that's ready to step up and do all of the things that Dalton Keene was able to do, it's easier to not have to see the bigger picture. Right? You don't have to say five years from now this could be a huge recruiting advantage. You can just say Dalton Keene is someone that left everything on the field for Virginia Tech his entire career, and I want him to be happy. I want him to want to make the decision that's best for him, and because of the way Virginia Tech has recruited and developed the tight end position, James Mitchell, Nick Gallo, DeLuise, uh, and I can never pronounce that guy's name, DeLuise, um, they can all move one one rung up the the tight end depth chart and it won't hurt the Hokies that badly. You want your players to be successful. You want players to do what's best for them. You want the program to be built in such a way that the first two things I just said can happen and your program won't be left in a lurch. You build depth to sustain this type of thing. This is the best kind of attrition, right? Programs are going to suffer from the transfer portal. Suffer from the transfer transfer portal. They are going to suffer from career-ending injuries. They are going to suffer from spats with the coaches. They're going to suffer from guys leaving early for the pros. One of those I would much rather deal with than the other three. Right? I would much rather lose a player to the NFL than lose a player to the transfer portal and then North Carolina or Virginia or Florida State. Or even worse, injury. I'd much rather lose a player to the NFL than a player to a career-ending injury. But your program has to be built to handle all of those things the same way. Next man up. And if you're handling things the right way, it's not just next man up. It's next capable man up. It's next quality man up. It's next superstar man up. And the Hokies, I believe, have done that at tight end. They haven't done it at every position. I don't know if they could sustain this same NFL early departure at other positions, but I believe they can at tight end. So, I mean, give everyone some credit. Dalton Keene made himself attractive enough that the NFL is interested. The Hokies displayed him in a way that highlighted his strengths so the NFL would be interested in. James Mitchell has made himself an adequate replacement. Virginia Tech didn't say, 
oh, we have Dalton Keene coming back, so we don't need to develop the guys behind him. Nick Gallo played this past year, worked his way into a, a, a bigger role. They recruited uh, uh, Penne, I believe his name is, out of France to be in that meeting room. Everyone did what they're supposed to do. Sometimes it's that simple. Sometimes it's just you deal with it and you're prepared to deal with it. Let's take a break. When we come back, the national championship is tonight. Like, tonight, Clemson LSU. Who's going to win? We'll see. Next. Next. 